this is WTM. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I ain't drinking up. First, you gotta do the Trump shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W-G-M. Watch this movie. Disney Plus. It's in an over-the-top streaming service, is what I've heard. And you have to pay for it to watch Disney-owned properties. Mm-hmm. So Which that, includes Fox now. So that when they put movies in the theater, you know what's going on. <laughs> yep. Did you hear that? Marvel's going to make you watch Disney Plus TV series to figure out what's happening in their movies? Yep. <laughs> Something you already didn't follow anyways. <laughs> Doesn't affect you at all. Just gives me another reason to not go see Marvel movies. No. Yeah, it's going to be different. Uh, they're pissing me off, putting a bunch of uh, 20th Century Fox films in the... In the vault. It's so dumb. That stupid fucking vault. Creating a market. Right next to the frozen head of Walt Disney himself. Mm-hmm. I heard they're not letting uh, movie theaters run old uh, Fox movies either. Yeah, Disney's pretty uh, restrictive about it. Same thing with uh, their movies in the past. Mm-hmm. Like we could never have them as midnights at the theater. Yeah, I don't understand why people like Disney so much. I don't get it. Yeah, it's something. Um, Yeah, should we uh, get the show started? I mean, we can't get on Disney Plus, so (laughs) might as well. All right, welcome back to WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. My safe word is keep going. Ha! Uh, The other voice you hear is... Mr. Positivity, Wolfie T. Call me Lone Wolf. I think very highly of myself. And I've also earned it. Today's episode is another recently seen episode. It's been a been a minute since we've done one of these. So sure Brett has. is chock full of movies to talk about. I've been going to the theater. Quite a bit. I have been uh, very busy recently, so I haven't been able to get to the theater as much as I'd like to, but Brett's uh, really uh, holding his weight here. Going to the theater every week, like three, four times. I am taking advantage of my A-list status. (laughs) AMC is paying me to see movies. (laughs) So far, until it goes under like uh, Movie Pass, whatever it's called. Well, AMC runs their own shit, so they'll probably just raise the price. Yeah. So uh, you're an A-lister, but are you a, a Stubbs reward recipient, or recipient, whatever it's called? The Stubbs program? Well, yeah, it's uh, everything's in the Stubbs program, but I'm at the top, okay. A-list. I, in fact, I have $5 in rewards just chilling, <laughs> waiting to be spent. And what, I don't know yet. Do you ever... <laughs> Get concessions at the theater? Uh, no, not usually. Yeah. I hate I the stand in line. I don't want to stand in line. <laughs> I get there right at the showtime and I'm like, yeah, that's. I'll eat before or after. Pizones. <laughs> <laughs> I make sure that I'm not watching fucking Antichrist <laughs> if I get another Pizone. All right. Well, let's just get right into it. What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? Um, I'm going to talk about, I think, three movies, and you're going to talk about five, including the uh, From Russia With Love, which you completed the movie challenge for. Yes. Or completed for the movie challenge, rather. Okay. But uh, I'll I'll start off, I guess. Um, saw a new release in the theater. It's so, the only new one I've seen in the theater lately. Okay, we'll let you go first, and I guess I'll do, what, like two in a row? Yeah. I saw, from 2019, Jojo Rabbit, directed by Taka Waititi, starring Roman Griffin Davis, Thomason McKenzie, Scarlett Johansson. Canceled! (laughs) 
Taika Waititi, Sam Rockwell, Rebel Wilson, Alfie Allen, Stephen Merchant, Archie Yates. That's about it. So we're not canceling Scarlett Johansson for this because I haven't seen this, but I've seen trailers, mm-hmm. and I believe she plays a Nazi. A German woman. And so... We're saying that it's okay for her to play a Nazi because she is a Nazi? (laughs) We have to see the film, Brett. No spoilers, but uh, (laughs) I just want to be clear that she can only play what she is. (laughs) And so that we're okay with this movie because she's a Nazi. Because reasons, Brett. (laughs) (laughs) But Black Uh, Widow... (laughs) Synopsis. A young boy in Hitler's army finds out his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their home. (laughs) Seems like some spoilers for... They show that in the trailer. Yeah. I wasn't sure if they they alluded to the mother. Yeah, I don't know if they show that it's his mother's house, but he definitely finds a Jewish girl in the the walls. Yep. Yeah, uh, so yeah, this young boy is in the, the Hitler youth, basically. And, and then he grew up to be Pope. <laughs> and all he wants to do is become a man and impress Hitler and all this, you know, type of, I guess, what one would think of young German boys dreaming of, I guess, <laughs> in the 30s and early 40s. Yeah. So, like a lot of kids, he has an imaginary friend. But this imaginary friend just so happens to be Hitler. So he's constantly having conversations with Hitler. And, he's literally Hitler. You know, Pelling <laughs> around with Hitler. It's like a Calvin and Hobbes, but Hobbes is Hitler. <laughs> 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 and that's uh, Hitler's played by Watiti, director also of Thor Ragnarok and What We Do in the Shadows. Seen both of those, like those. I have not. I wasn't sure going into this movie how much i was going to like it because uh, they kind of play up the hitler aspect of it in the trailers kind of makes it seem as is just him and hitler hanging out like all day every day throughout <laughs> the movie um which is not the case there's a dramatic shift in tone at a certain point in the movie that i wasn't expecting i guess mm-hmm. but i like this movie a lot more than i thought i was going to i thought i might be too much of uh, like ironic hindsight humor of just a bunch of Germans talking about like, look how mighty we are, right. and, you know, bragging about, you know, taking over the world and hindsight. And, you know, we're like, oh, aren't they dumb for thinking mm-hmm. that that like they did like one of those jokes in the beginning and then not really after that. So I was happy. I thought I was like, well, like we can't just make fun <laughs> of German failure for hour and 40 minutes, can we? Hour and 50 minutes. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. I think that's what that new Bill Skarsgård movie is. <laughs> What's that called? Um, it's uh, Terrence Malick. Is it From the Beyond or something? Oh, know. God. I just saw the trailer for it yesterday. Yeah, we're getting that at the theater in a while. About a month, I think. I'll find it. But, yeah, I was uh, very impressed uh, with this film. A lot of great performances. Very funny at times. Sam Rockwell's great again, per usual. So I will give this movie a soonish. Playing another racist. Soonish. This is yeah. Bill Skarsgård, right? Oh, there's a, there's a couple Skarsgårds. Because <laughs> it's not listed on Bill's. Uh... Let's go to Terrence Malick. Yeah. A Hidden Life. Okay. Oh, my God. That's two hours and 53 minutes. Yep. Yeah. Sounds about right. It's not even a Skarsgård. It's uh, August Deal, or Dial. Okay. He sure looks like Bill Skarsgård. <laughs> I think All that's right. the one I'm thinking of. Yeah. All right. Well, what have you been getting into, Brett? We'll start with one of my favorites that I've seen. It is a 2019 film called The Lighthouse. Lighthouse. Directed by Robert Eggers. 
stars Willem Dafoe and Robert Pattinson. And it's uh, the hypnotic and hallucinatory tale of two lighthouse keepers on a remote and mysterious New England island in the 1890s. I love this movie. This is fantastic. Good. It's, glad to hear it. It's fucking... And I like the... Uh, so the way he shot it, it looks like it was made like in the early days of film. Like the... Maybe the 1920s-ish. Just the way... Because it's all in 4 by 3 It's all black and white. And I like that he stuck to it. It's not... It doesn't feel like gimmicky. Mm-hmm. Like... But you still get that that aesthetic of, you know, it feels like an old movie. Yeah. But it's a new story with current actors. And the only thing that would really set it apart is uh, there's some vulgarity in there that you probably won't see before, like, the 1960s or 70s. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, so Willem Dafoe is the old uh, grizzled veteran lighthouse keeper. Robert Pattinson, he's the he's the new apprentice, first year, uh, work in the lighthouse. They're supposed to be there for a four week stint, and uh, Willem Dafoe is a real hard, hard edged guy. He really keeps them in line, and mm-hmm. and he, he won't let him go see the uh, the actual light. So the whatever they call it. You know, some stuff happens, and, uh, you know, I don't want to, you know, the relief doesn't show up. And so, you know, things get a little prickly. And, uh, you know, I'll just kind of leave it at that, because it's, uh, it's fascinating. I heard a lot of people complain about they couldn't understand what was being said because the accents were too thick. Uh, I don't. I don't understand that. They, uh, hmm. I, I was able to understand them fairly easily. I think the witch was more difficult to understand. Yeah, you know, catch up, catch on to it. But like, if you're paying attention, like, you're gonna get everything they say. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't worry too much about that. Um, but I would highly recommend this as a WTM soonish. All right, soonish. The lighthouse. All right, what else did you watch? I watched, from 2019, a little movie called Countdown. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> uh, directed and written by Justin Deck, starring Elizabeth Lale, Jordan Calloway, Talitha Eliana Bateman, Peter Fasnally, Dylan Lane, Tachina Arnold, Tom Segura, Lana McKissick, uh, that's probably all the important people. I'll throw PJ Byrne in there, he had a pretty big role. Synopsis, when a nurse downloads an app that claims to predict the moment a person will die, it tells her she only has three days to live. With the clock ticking and a figure haunting her, she must find a way to save her life before time runs out. That sounds like a silly concept, but this was a lot of fun. So it's like the new app that everyone gets on their phone? I heard our friend Mark only has until like January. To <laughs> live. Movie Drone Mark? Mark from Movie Drone. the bucket? He downloaded it and he's, uh, he's got, I don't know, like... Tw- 20 weeks left or something like that. <laughs> so, I don't know if you kept up. They they were already planning the end of the show around Mark's uh, death date. So, yeah, I didn't... Uh, like When I first saw the trailer for this, I thought, oh, that looks kind of dumb. But, like, the more I saw it, like, the more I thought, oh, maybe this could be okay. And uh, I thought they did a great job of, like, taking the concept... Which is kind of hokey, you know, but uh, making it work in a way that's, you know, equally frightening and fun. Yeah. Uh, it relies a lot on jump scares, but I thought that it fit the story, right? So 
all these people are downloading the app, you know, they just go ahead and then certain people have less time to live than others. And if they do something to try to avoid death, they've breached the user agreement. And so that's where the shadowy figure comes in. So you get some jump scares with that. Uh, Tom Segura was great as the, uh, the cell phone store owner. And, uh, you know, there's a little subplot about, uh, with a little Me Too stuff in there. Mm-hmm. But uh, they do it in a, a different kind of way than you might think. It actually kind of reminded me of, uh, what's that movie with uh, Demi Moore and Michael Douglas? Disclosure? Is that what it's called? In- no, or she's the boss and he... She harasses him, and then she accuses him of harassment. Yeah, I forget the name of it. Well, they do that type of thing in this movie, <laughs> which is kind of hilarious. But it's the male doctor and uh, the female nurse. But, uh, yeah, it's definitely worth seeing. Uh, I'll give Countdown an eventually. All right. Eventually. All right, well, I saw Phil from 2019. But out on Blu-ray and DVD, I saw Booksmart. Oh, yeah. I did. Directed by Olivia Wilde. Did you watch it on the plane where they cut all the lesbian <laughs> stuff out? No, no, didn't do, didn't watch it on the plane. Starring Caitlin Dever, Beanie Fieldstein, Feldstein, Jessica Williams, Jason Sudeikis, Lisa Kudrow, Will Forte, Victoria Ruska, Ruesca, Mason Gooding, Skylar Gisando. I had to point out uh, Skylar Gisando because he plays Jared. <laughs> <laughs> cool Jared. Jared's one of the best characters. Uh, synopsis. On the eve of their high school graduation, Two academic superstars and best friends realize they should have worked less and played more. Determined not to fall short of their peers, the girls try to cram four years of fun into one night. So I guess for the uninitiated, this is the supposed super bad ripoff. <laughs> it's just like super bad. It's a female version of super bad. Because super bad is the only nerdy teenagers trying to get <laughs> drunk at a party movie yep. that has ever been made. I will say they are very similar, but I didn't hold it to that. I didn't j- judge it by what Superbad was. I love Superbad. It's know, a similar but, premise, but like, yeah. there's a lot of differences in the story. Plus, there's 10 years in between the, those films. Yeah. Lots changed since then. <laughs> Just a little bit. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed this film. The two leads are pretty great together. A lot of good chemistry. Mm-hmm. They're funny. Um, really liked uh, Will Forte and uh, Lisa Kudrow played the uh, mom and dad of one of them. I forget which. It's the uh, not Jonah Hill's sister. The other one. Okay. Um, they were great. Uh, this Jared guy was hilarious. He was the type of guy that was basically trying to buy friends. Mm-hmm. The whole movie he was throwing these extravagant parties that nobody is really going to. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it was a fun group of characters. Simple enough premise. Um, yeah, it's not like it's, you know, something you've never seen before, but mm. uh, good execution, good writing, good comedy, just a good time. So I will say eventually. Eventually. Watch this movie eventually. I can't remember what I rated that. I think I talked about it on the show, so... I think you gave it a soonish, maybe. Uh, maybe. Remember, you really liking it, at least an eventually. At least an eventually, for sure. Speaking of girl power, you want to <laughs> talk about Terminator Dark Fate? Sure. 2019's <laughs> Terminator Dark Fate, directed by Tim Miller, uh, starring Linda Hamilton, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Mackenzie Davis... Uh, Natalia Reyes, Gabriel Luna, and Diego Boneta. That's probably all you need to know. 
Uh, synopsis, Sarah Connor and a hybrid cyborg human. Really? They said that? Uh, must protect a young girl from a newly modified liquid terminator from the future. Stop me if you've heard this one before. <laughs> <laughs> and to be fair, this movie borrows heavily from the uh, the stories of Terminator 1 and Terminator 2. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of sprinkles a few of its own additions onto it. Yeah. It's not as good as those movies. Uh, they don't really, like, the the Terminator that's coming to kill the new, the new Sarah Connor mm-hmm. is, uh, quotes, I put, I did air quotes, you can't see that <laughs> through. Anyways, uh, like, he doesn't seem to be developed as much as, like, Robert Patrick was or Arnold was in the, in the previous movies. Yeah. So that's a little bit lacking. Sarah Connor is just kind of super jaded in this one. But, uh, you know, she's the typical... She's more like in T2 than in T1, obviously. She's like T2, Sarah Connor, times like five. As far <laughs> as the, uh, you know, going around and being violent and shit. Mm-hmm. But overall, you know, the action scenes are really good. Uh, the story was... Like I said, really reminiscent of T1 and T2, which were the only Terminator movies that I've seen up to this point. And uh, from what I've heard, uh, as far as this movie goes, that's all that existed before (laughs) this movie. But I, I had a good time. I enjoyed it. You know, it wasn't like, like I said, it wasn't great like the previous two, but... There's a lot of good action, a lot of fun scenes, and uh, it was enjoyable. So I give it an eventually. Eventually. Here, why don't you do one more before I do my final that you can close up with for Marshall with Love. About 2019's Doctor Asleep, <laughs> directed by Mike Flanagan, starring Ewan McGregor, Rebecca Ferguson, Kylie Curran. Cliff Curtis, Zahn McLarnan, Emily Allen Lind, Selena Anduzzi, Robert Longstreet, or sorry, Robert Longstreet, Carol Strukin, Catherine Parker, uh, James Flanagan. Jesus, I got a lot of people with funny names in here. Character names, I mean. Matt Clark is in there. Uh, let's see. Thomas Downing plays jack torrance okay and then alex esso is wendy torrance so they have new actors playing old roles and the synopsis is years following the events of the shining a now adult dan torrance must protect a young girl with similar powers from a cult known as the true knot who prey on children with powers to remain immortal now, I was excited to see this movie. I thought, ah, I'm going to like this movie. This looks cool. I like The Shining. <laughs> and then I saw people online saying, you know, it's really good. It's a masterpiece. It's great. That's the rumor. <laughs> and so I went in there, and I'm watching it, and I'm like, man, I really want to like this movie. I was thinking to myself, this, it'll pick up. Something's going to happen that's going to make me really, something's going to really grab me. And it, it never really did. Like, there's one scene towards the end where I'm like, where I, I was kind of excited for it, and then it's really short, and then it, it you know, it was kind of dissipated. And uh, so, I don't know. The things that I, the more I think about it, the less I like it. So... The main premise of the movie is there's this true knot cult or whatever, and they have to feed on the steam of children who have the shining, but nobody calls it the shining except for Dan Torrance, who is now an adult. (laughs) And he goes by Dan because he's an adult. And so, like, there's a couple scenes where you see. He doesn't go by Danny Boy! 
And so there's a couple scenes where this true not group just uh, murder some random children, which you have, I have no reason to care about these kids whatsoever. There's no backstory. They just go and they kill them or whatever. They eat their steam. But then there's this little girl whose name is Abra, like Abra Auto Body and Glass, the body shop. That's where you take your car after a car accident. Abra Cadabra. <laughs> so, so she's apparently super powerful with the Shining, and they're coming for her next. And then Dan Torrance gets mixed up in it as kind of her white savior. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just thinking to myself, why why do I care about this girl, but I don't care about that other kid that just died? What reason do I have to care about this? And they don't really give you any re- reason, you know? Uh, so I was disappointed in that. I thought they focused way too much on the fucking supernatural shit, whereas in The Shining it was more of a, a psychological thriller or a psychological breakdown with a few sprinkles of supernatural mixed in there. Like yeah. it was more on the the uh cabin fever psychosis of, you know, cabin fever, yeah. And so they really went the opposite direction in this where everything's fucking supernatural. There's different types of the shining and it gets real convoluted in places. Mm-hmm. So I was disappointed and i thought it was going to be a lot better but uh i'm going to give dr sleep a last resort it's a last resort so you're telling me that i can't believe stephen king just take his word for it that it's a (laughs) masterpiece that his move that the movie based on his book that he apparently had a ton of input in because he's promoting the shit out of it Mm mm-hmm is not as good as he thinks it is. <laughs> I think there's a reason why most of the good movies based on Stephen King's books are uh, ones that he says aren't true to his stories. Mm-hmm. Like The Shining. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, it's not a good movie. So, it wasn't true to my source material. I've actually seen a, a couple people write on uh, Twitter and stuff that it's like, well, it's not really a good follow-up to The Shining, but it's good on its own. And I'm like, but, like, a quarter of the movie is, like, directly related or flashbacks to The Shining. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're interconnected a lot. So you can't really differentiate one from... You can't really split them up. Like, it's tied so uh strongly to the shining that yeah i i don't know how you can make that distinction all right well last film i'm going to talk about is from 2017 it's from netflix it's called the ritual directed by david bruckner starring rafe spall arshur ali arbor james collier Collier, Collier, (laughs) Sam Troughton, Paul Reed, Matthew Needham, Maria Erwalter. Synopsis. A group of college friends reunite for a trip to the forest, but encounter a menacing presence in the woods that's stalking them. Oh, my. So this is not the one that's always on there that's got Anthony Hopkins face and a cross on the on the poster. No. Not that one. What's that one? The right? Yeah. R I T E. Like like a Christian right. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the ritual, yes, revolves around uh, several college friends. They're kind of growing up now. They're in their I'd say probably mid thirties. And uh yeah, they're just out for some fun, you know, hiking around. I think it's actually one of their uh they're doing some sort of like a bachelor party type of deal, but it's uh and we're staying at a B and B and they're hiking in Sweden. Oh. But uh yeah, they all speak English. Tourists, basically. Did they go there in midsummer? 
They did not. <laughs> Seemed to be uh, fall or spring. Okay. Pretty cold. But they're up in the hills and the mountains and whatnot. But anyways, you know, they're palling around hiking through the terrain. And one of them, wouldn't you know it, kind of stumbles a bit and basically breaks his leg. Oh, jeez. So how are they going to get out of this one? They need to, you know, hike all the way back to mend his leg. So they're like, well, let's take a shortcut right through these woods here. They need Mr. Perfect to carry him <laughs> on his back like he did to Wade Boggs <laughs> back in 92. Have you heard that story? Mr. Perfect uh, and Wade Boggs went hunting. and Wade, when, Did well, Wade Boggs have 83 beers? <laughs> probably. He injured his, <laughs> Wade Boggs injured his leg and Mr. Perfect fireman's carried him like 20 miles back to, <laughs> to their fucking car. <laughs> So yeah, they don't want to go all the way around because it's pretty hard to move him. You know, he's, you know, something's broken basically. So mm-hmm. they, yeah, they got to, they're going to try and go through the woods. You know, there's a storm coming as well. And when they get in the woods, they find a nice uh, vacant cabin. It's deserted. Yeah, you probably want to stay away. Well, the thing is there's some strange markings around it. Yeah, you probably want to stay away. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, obviously markings they couldn't read or see uh but yeah things escalate there's a bit of the supernatural involved bit of uh folklore involved hmm. so yeah it's kind of a straight up horror movie after that thriller what have you uh, i was i guess pleasantly surprised not i'd heard things about it on other podcasts um you know there's no real big names at least names that we recognize mm-hmm and you're like, Netflix? Like, yeah, they put out some good stuff, but they also don't do that <laughs> sometimes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would I would definitely say uh, watch this. I had a good time watching it. Eventually. WTM eventually. All right. A pleasant, mild surprise. Well, here's the movie challenge from last time. That it is. It was... From 1963, from Russia, with love. Is like Tom Jones singing it? Oh, I don't even know. Is that in the, the end credits? Yeah. I'd probably cut that off. Every, uh, every movie after that, the song is in the beginning. This one's at the end. There's actually a, a scene towards the beginning where there's a radio that's playing the song from Russia, with love. <laughs> they're listening to but proceed imdb says matt monroe saying it calling me a liar i'm saying imdb says that <laughs> from russia with love music by john barry lyrics by lionel bart performed by matt monroe i think i would have recognized tom jones let's hold on a second here so let me look at my james bond soundtrack I mean, I'm oh, sure yes, it does say Matt Monroe. I'm thinking of Thunderball, sorry. I'm sure Thunderball it, is Tom Jones. I'm sure it's not unusual to get Tom Jones mixed up with Matt Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I mixed it up. Did not you bad. catch that? It's not unusual as a Tom Jones song. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good one. Anyways, from Russia with love. I joke, I joke, I joke. Why you not no joke when you hear joke? <laughs> this is directed by Terrence Young, stars Sean Connery, Robert Shaw, Lottie Lenya, Daniela Bianchi, uh, Pedro Armendariz, Bernard Lee, Eunice Gayson, uh, Walter Gotel. I guess Lois Maxwell is uh, Miss Penny, uh, Money Penny. That's seems like all the important people. Yep. Uh, James Bond willingly falls into an assassination plot involving a naive Russian beauty in order to retrieve a Soviet encryption device that was stolen by Spectre. Yeah, this one wasn't that good. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor, Why don't you like it, Brett? Doctor No, I liked. Uh, pretty well this one i don't know it seemed really fucking 
I don't know if I just wasn't paying attention or if they didn't explain it well or if I just missed stuff. But this plot was fucking convoluted and confusing. A lot of Bond plots are. And, they're uh, always the same, but they're always convoluted differently. Yeah. And then they spend a lot of time with the uh, the cat and mouse chase thing. Like people mm-hmm. just following James Bond around. And he knows they're following him, but he doesn't know. And he doesn't care. And, <laughs> and, it's like, and then... When the action starts picking up, it uh, it ends pretty quickly, and then you get the the obligatory uh, villain explaining the plan to James Bond instead of fucking killing him. Mm-hmm. Well, he's got the drop on him. <laughs> Nothing Bond can do. So Robert Shaw is going to uh, the dude that hasn't talked the entire fucking <laughs> movie. He's Robert got, Shaw is going to enjoy himself. Suddenly, turns into a Chatty Cathy. Mm-hmm. But. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, did, I just didn't uh, think it was a very good movie. Um, How about that fight between Robert <laughs> Shaw and Bond in the train? It's a pretty famous fight. It holds up pretty well, even from 63. Yeah, I mean, like I said, like once you start getting to the point where you're like, oh, there's some action, and mm-hmm. and it ends pretty quickly. Like, it's, you know, it's a pretty short fight. Yeah. It's probably an hour and 40, hour and 50 minutes into the movie. And then, uh, and then he, you know, he gets the drop on Bond, and he he doesn't doesn't end him. What the fuck? So I did catch another uh, Austin Powers reference there <laughs> with uh, yeah with the Russian uh, Rosa Kleb. Yeah, what's her name? Rosa Klebb is the character, I think, with a knife in her shoe. Yeah. Yeah, Rosa Klebb was a character's name. Yeah. I was trying to think what her rank was. She's like a colonel or something. Yeah, but she was number... She was number three. Number three, yeah. Which... I know there's a British TV show. I think it's... It might be called The Prisoner, where they, they give everybody a number like that. I know that because Iron Maiden has a song called The Prisoner, and it starts with a clip from that show. Mm-hmm. You're the new number six. <laughs> I am number two. Let me ask you this. Uh, after you saw Dr. No, you talked about how uh, Bond kind of rubs you the wrong way a little bit because he's very arrogant and cocky. And... Mm-hmm. Do you think he's more so or less so in From Russia With Love? He seems really, uh, I'd say less so, but he seems more aloof. <laughs> like, like he knows what's going on, but not really. Like, there's a lot of, like, he doesn't catch Robert Shaw chasing him until he's uh, got the cord around his neck. And then, uh, yeah, he, like, he doesn't seem as super in this movie. Well, wait, are you talking about the very beginning opening scene? No. When it was the fake James Bond? <laughs> no, I'm saying... Uh, like the whole time that Robert Shaw is chasing him, like in uh, Istanbul, like he doesn't know he's following him. Yeah, because he's looking at the other people following him. Probably. I mean, we could get into a spoilers a little later, but uh, okay. I was just I, f- I figured watching this one, I was kind of thinking of that in mind. I'm like, oh, I wonder if Brett's gonna like him more or less in here. Yeah, he's he was less arrogant, less rapey in this one too. <laughs> the, the Russian spy just seems to kind of just. Love him right away. <laughs> well, that was her job. Yeah. Right. So, like, you didn't have to work for it. Mm-hmm. And then, the you know, we'll get into it in the spoiler section, but okay, um, I would give it a last resort. All right. It's a last resort. All right. So, uh, all right. Now let's figure out the movie challenge for next week. Yes. Now, what are you going to challenge me to watch by the next recently seen episode? Oh, I have a lot of options that I've been thinking of. But I am going to challenge you to watch one of my favorite, possibly my favorite musical of all time. Mm -hmm. And it's a little movie called Pink Floyd, The Wall. Nice. It's pretty good. 
Well, I know I'm going to like the soundtrack, so <laughs> animation should be top-notch as well. It's pretty sweet. Now, anytime I think of like the wall, I'm thinking of that South Park episode that's based off a of heavy metal, which I know is not the wall. But does that episode have any parodies of the wall, or is that no, all strictly think, heavy metal? I think that's all heavy metal. Okay. Which even it's not like a direct parody of heavy metal mm-hmm. unless some of it was from heavy metal 2000 which i haven't seen but you've seen the original heavy metal i watched it twice and i didn't like it either time mm. thought, you gave it you gave it two tries because <laughs> i watched it years and years ago and I, I didn't like it and i gave it another shot maybe you know a couple years ago and i'm like oh i still don't like this all right well I will report back on the wall next recently seen episode. So uh, before we get into spoilers for a film from 1963, we just wrap up the show by saying, please reach out to us. You can email us at watch this movie at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at watch this underscore movie or Brett at positively wolf one. You can check out our website at WTM watch this movie.com and please rate and review subscribe on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. And Brett, where can people go if they want to maybe help out the show a little bit, even more so than a review or a subscription, maybe give us a little money, we give you something back in return. Yeah, you can go to teespring.com slash stores slash WTM Watch This Movie, and uh, you can get some cool gear with uh, you know one of our logos on it. We got a ton of designs out there. So, yeah, we got very nice shout outs from Movie Drone regarding our store. Yes. Some extra advertising. Thank you, Movie Drone. Mm hmm. So, help us out. Go buy some shit. I mean, Movie Drone can't do it all themselves. Okay, people? <laughs> there are only so many turning into a real mark items on the, on the store. <laughs> All right, let's get into spoilers for From Russia with Love. Yeah, so the other thing you talk about, he doesn't have to try very hard with the ladies. So there's yeah. the uh, the Russian agent who doesn't know she's working for Spectre, mm-hmm. which I, I didn't, that one was kind of confusing because that, uh, what was her name, Kleb? Yeah. Whatever her name was. Kleb used to be a Russian colonel. But she's not, but nobody knows that she's not. Well, I guess people who are working... It was like nobody knew that she worked for Spectre. Yeah, but they also didn't know that she was no longer with the Russian... I think she still has some sort of position. Because I think she was like a double agent type of deal. Well, I I was confused by that because she met this... I don't even remember what her name was. The Russian agent that... Goes to seduce James Bond. She meets her at like some offsite place and says, "Don't tell anybody, and you can't go to the consulate. I can't go to the consulate, which is not a red flag apparently." But uh, Tatiana Romanova, yeah, Romanova, and so yeah, I thought, well, that's weird that you don't you just take her word for it. Although she did get blackmailed, right? The yes. I forget what the blackmail was. It was maybe the the camera in the hotel room. Okay. But even before that, she's like Oh yeah, she was gonna shoot her dad right there. She's like, What yeah. if I don't do it and I'll kill you? <laughs> but anyways. But that isn't even what I was trying to talk about. I was trying to talk about the gypsies. <laughs> With uh, James Bond being such a humanitarian, he split up that gypsy <laughs> girl fight, and then uh, they were uh, at his uh, beg and call to uh, have him pick who got to marry the prince. Was that what it was? It was. Uh, they were both fighting over the same guy. I don't know if it was the prince. Could have been. It was somebody's son. Everybody is everybody's son over there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I didn't. It, it was odd to me too because James Bond he goes to Istanbul, Istanbul, no Istanbul, 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 and Constantinople. <laughs>
You ever have that? Word you can't get? He goes to Istanbul to meet this Russian agent who he knows is there to seduce him mm-hmm. as a double agent. It's yeah. a trap. They know it's a trap. They can't resist the trap. And then he just chills for like three days. <laughs> He's playing into their hands. <laughs> so, and then they get the decoder thing and I don't know. It was, uh, I didn't really understand what that was. I guess it mm-hmm. was, uh, some kind of translator for code, like secret codes. Yeah. Um, secret government codes. It basically kind of decodes them. There's, there's more bond movies than involve a decoder. Okay. <laughs> there's, there's at least two I can think of off the top of my head right now where everyone's after like a decoder. All right. So or a decoder was stolen and, and it seems like it was, like, they didn't really want it, but they wanted it just because they're setting a trap for them. Yeah, it's, um, it, I, some of the plots are pretty convoluted. Maybe I missed something where they set up the bombs to blow up the fucking consulate. Yeah, did you uh, fall asleep at any point? Well, uh, Maybe like five minutes or really, something? Not really, maybe. I was trying not to. Mm-hmm. But I didn't think I'd missed much of anything. Anyways, so I was a little surprised when they blew up the whole fucking building. Yeah. That um, seemed a little overkill, to be honest. Well, it's it's Russians, right? Or, <laughs> or I think that's what it was. I was confused because he's like, are we going to go on the 13th? No, we'll go on the 14th. And then he shows up like a day early, and she didn't know he was coming that day, and then they blew up the building. Yeah, I can't remember it's fucking weird. what the plot point of that was, but... Um, yeah, it's funny because a lot of people consider From Russia with Love to be the best one. That's a uh, <laughs> pretty low bar. I mean, people argue about it, of course. Some people say Goldfinger. Some people say uh, you know, Casino Royale with Daniel Craig or The Spy Who Loved Me. Um, but From Russia with Love, definitely one of the more popular, I guess, uh, theories of which one is the best. I'm a little surprised by that. For Much of Love is the one I've actually seen the least out of all of them, I think. Yeah. That maybe The Living Daylights. But um, I don't think it's the best, but I like it quite a bit. I think it is pretty fantastic. But I'll be interested to see if, like, the more Bond movies I give you, if you're going to like the ones that are maybe just more campy. Maybe. Because they get, you know... Especially with Roger Moore, more humor is injected into the franchise, and mm-hmm. um, there's more stuff that's played for laughs and things like that. And then there's just a general campiness of the Bond movies that are really obnoxious and right. you know, go too far. But yeah, it goes in cycles. Like it gets like to progressively get more ridiculous with a Bond, and then like, ooh, that was too far. So mm-hmm. we gotta we gotta check him. We gotta bring him back to square one in the next movie. It's like uh, Diamonds Are Forever is the last Sean Connery one, and that one is pretty ridiculous and uh-huh. crappy. And then they kind of go back to more traditional stuff with Live and Let Die. Even that one is a little weird because yeah. it's a black exploitation movie. But it's like they always check themselves. Uh, Die Another Day, which is the fourth Pierce Brosnan one, just it's the worst one in my opinion. Uh-huh. Just terrible, too cheesy, too obnoxious, uh-huh. just too shitty basically and so casino royale was next with daniel craig and they kind of brought it back to square one mm-hmm. there's an invisible car and die another day and then <laughs> he doesn't have any gadgets and <laughs> casino royale so i think i've seen part of casino royale but i think it was the uh, parkour scene mm-hmm. and that shit <laughs> and that's what that shit you didn't like that scene <laughs> Parkour scene. All the parkour scenes incredible. One of the best action movie scenes ever. Let's quick cut the shit out of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got real people jumping from, uh, what do you call those? Um, Hardcore parkour. <laughs> jumping from crane to crane. Yeah. Mid-era. That's, that was a pretty good stunt. But anyways, yeah. Um, I did want to mention, we talked about Robert Shaw and how James Bond didn't fucking recognize him. And... Uh, you know he doesn't recognize him because Robert Shaw is smart enough to pick up on his little fucking code. Can I borrow a match? No, I have a lighter. 
that's good until it's not, mm-hmm. or whatever it was. And then he he doesn't realize that, like I said, he doesn't realize that Robert Shaw is the fucking guy who's come to kill him until he's got that wire around his neck, and then he starts fighting back. Well, wasn't he uh, getting suspicious of him before that? Maybe right before that. Because mm-hmm. then he, Robert Shaw explains everything to him, and then Bond uh, rigs up his little briefcase to shoot the... Mm-hmm. the um, well, there was another... Well, he told him there was another 50 gold sovereigns <laughs> in there. <laughs> he shoots the smoke bomb in his face, and then James Bond immediately walks right into the cloud of tear <laughs> gas. So... And then you get, you know, the short fight. It's maybe a minute, mm-hmm. two minutes maybe. He yeah. dispatches his, of him pretty quickly once he once he starts fighting back. Mm-hmm. It's another reason you got to see a lot of the Bond movies to get to compare train fights. Like, well, this train <laughs> fight is better than the lat one, and then this one, you know. Just we're trying to work you all the way up to Spectres. You see Batista in the train fight with Daniel Craig. <laughs> Where he throws... Daniel Craig over a bunch of crates and tears his ACL. (laughs) (laughs) In real life. Uh, I thought it was funny that the uh, Tatiana ends up just hanging out with Bond afterward. Mm -hmm. Like, they're a couple now. Even though she still thinks she's working. I forget if she still thinks she's working for the Russians. By that point, no. And And she genuinely loved him. It was pretty easy <laughs> it's kind of my point like i know she was it was her mission to seduce him and be whatever for him basically but then it it really seems like yeah she she generally just likes him and then she kind of basically admits as much on the train well i think it's because once they were on the train he started pretending like she was his wife mm-hmm. and you, you know he gave her a ring and stuff and then for some reason she's like this is for real <laughs> <laughs> We're actually married. She was hoping. So nobody can resist James's charm, okay? They didn't have uh manscaping in sixty three. No. Women love that. <laughs> I guess he does start off on the the banks of a, a river or whatever mm-hmm. with his girl who is never to be seen again. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So yeah, I didn't. Uh, I didn't think it was a very good movie. A lot of stuff that just didn't make sense to me, and like I said, it they spent so much time on the the cat and mouse shit that you know by the time they got into some of the action, it was like oh, mm-hmm. kind of out of it by now. All right, well, unless there's anything else, I think that'll do it. Eight. All right, we will check you later. Alright, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why are you always such a dork, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. Hey, man, you're off my case.